Tendo Nyamuda and welcome back to another exciting, phenomenal, life-changing, world-dominating Agile Adjective Here episode of In My Twenties. In My Twenties. So today's episode is all about how do we get life and light back into our rooms, back into our homes, back into our spaces. It is a new year and it is a new season. And what better way than to add something, some bit of joy, a feature wall, an art painting into your room, into your space. So this is what today's conversation is all about. So I'm so excited to welcome another member into the In My Twenties podcast family. And without further delay, here she is. I am Matana Katz. I am a visual storyteller um, and I specialize in creating digital content online for businesses and brands, um, mainly social media, and I specialize in photography, art direction, food prop, and floral styling. Now on every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always come through with these flip a coin, I wasn't ready for that mind moment, gem moment, and this is just one of them. Having heartache in your life and going through hardships build character. Mm. Every person has their own baggage. You mm. know, don't ever doubt for one second that because someone is happy and light and whatever, they haven't been through their own mm. their own struggle. Mm. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we're going to hear a little bit about Matana's career journey. In the second section, we're going to dive into today's topic, which is beautifully titled your home an expression of you and then rounding up all three sections is a conversation about the journey through matana's 20s so without further delay let's get straight into it matana let's chat a bit about your career journey because you've had a fascinatingly interesting career journey and even coming to where you are right now where you're working for yourself and creating content yes. um, using social media which now has become an intrinsic part of everyone's mm. lives mm. but to generate money so where did you start where, where did you study even so i studied at um triple a school of advertising mm. and um, i actually specialized in graphic design okay um, and I loved, that was amazing because I feel yeah. as well, a lot of um, schools cater very much to an academic side of things. And I yeah. feel like the art departments are very limiting mm. and you, you taught things that not, you wouldn't necessarily go into as a career. So you're taught art history or this yeah. practical application. Mm. And then where does that go from there? It's like, you know, I, I kept feeling stuck being, considering what, so now do I become an art teacher? Mm. And that's really hard. So it was one thing that I excelled at, which was art. Um, I'm ac- actually am an illustrator and a mm. painter and everything as well, but I don't okay. pursue that anymore. But that was the one thing that I was really good at. Okay. But school constantly made me feel um, stuck and that my potential wasn't ever seen or, or pushed forward with because okay. the focus of excelling at life and at mm. something was academics, yes, you know, yeah. to, to, that was it. So, mm. you know, the minute you leave school and then you can go to a private institution that focuses just on that is yes. a complete game changer yeah, because yeah. suddenly your world of opportunities just becomes so vast. Um, I did a bit of art direction and marketing within that as well. Okay. I landed up specializing in graphic design, Mm. but then pursued art direction and other areas of um, creative visual application and research and um, different, like I went more into photography and Mm. styling as opposed to graphic design because I didn't want to be stuck in front of a computer. That was my biggest kind of 
uh, worry with yeah. that. I think for, for creatives in general, like being stuck as a creative behind the desk is probably the worst thing that you could ever do. Yeah, you it's know? like, it's just a terrible thought because mm. I think every creative's biggest fear is being stagnant and not, <laughs> being, not being creatively stimulated in any way and then, in what and you're doing. Exactly, and then you eventually get a job, you're earning money and you are behind a desk and suddenly you're like, this is not what I wanted to do. Yeah. This was not what I chose. And then exactly. you sort of start to regress a little bit. And so then what happened? Good. Yeah. And then I was going to ask, so then what happened after that? Like, how did you progress from there? What was your first job? Yeah. So I, I did tons of internships. I, yeah. I did, I interned at Harvey Safka Media. I was working in magazines. Wow. Um, I was working for Earth Child. And during mm. that time, I was featured in a few magazines for oh, different wow. things. So okay. I had a, a feature that went out in... Um, Ideas magazine for yeah. this like Queen of Hearts tea party that I did for my okay. first and and I did another and from that then I was featured in Seventeen magazine mm. and um, the producer of the Expresso show at the time uh, Paul Fantavenda he scouted me in Seventeen magazine and gave me wow. a call yeah. so it was great that's how I started and I became wow. an art director and then I continued to do I continued to do live TV <laughs> yeah. work and then after Expresso <laughs> after Expresso I, so I, I felt like. For a point, it was an amazing experience. Mm. Obviously, you grow so much, you learn so much, but it also gets to a point, and I think it's not just Expresso, it's every any job. Mm. Um, when you're working for a company, you just you do a lot of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And there's only so many times you can reinvent yourself or mm. think of a new way to do something. Mm-hmm. It gets to a point where you start feeling a bit creatively stagnant yeah. and you need something else to push you forward so mm. you can grow. And that's, I think, where I reached after four years. I just was doing a lot of the same thing over and over again. Um, So I thought I really wanted something new. I wanted the opportunity to work overseas. And I was Mm. like, I am going to find a way to do this. And literally from the time I remember saying that to the time, and six months later, I was in New York. And New York is a place, I think it's a place that people idolize. Mm. And life is very hard there. Mm. People that live in New York do not live an easy life. Okay. The way that we live in Cape Town, yes, uh, in South Africa, <laughs> yeah. is, a, is an anomaly. It's, in what in what sense? Is it oh anomaly? my gosh, we. So this is a nice way to put it. There's pros and cons everywhere in the world where mm. you live. You're always giving up something and getting gaining something something else. Yeah, okay, whether yeah. it's an opportunity or maybe there's less crime overseas, yeah. whatever it may be. But the life you live in in say Cape Town mm. and, and Johannesburg and Durban, like in South Africa, it's the best quality of life that you can have with what you're currently earning and where that you're living. That wow. is what makes it so special. Wow, okay. You could sure. never live like how we live here yeah. anywhere else in the world. Yeah, so I realized very quickly that New York was not the kind of life that I wanted to live and be in, mm. even though it was, as I said, an amazing opportunity experience. Yeah. I learned so much, I grew so much, and I learned a lot about myself, which I think is very important. So I came back and I was feeling very lost. I'd actually also gone through... Um, a, a, quite an intense breakup of mm. like a seven year relationship yeah. while I was in New York and that also took a big toll on me so it was almost like starting from scratch I had like left all, everything now behind me I was moving forward and I was like I just I felt very lost but mm. there was also an excitement because I didn't know for the first time ever I didn't know what I was going to do Okay. Um, and I've always I always know exactly what I want to do when I want to do it yeah. Um and I, I was working, I was doing a lot of creative projects with another friend of mine. Mm. Um, and she also she's one of, one of my best friends, um, Lisa Kuhn. Mm. And yeah, we just had such fun working together and spending time together and creating. Yeah. And we were doing all these cool things. And we started doing that before I left for New York. Mm. And we kind of picked up again when I came back. And then mm. we were both 
in between work and and it was like kind of the timing was perfect and we just decided well let's just start our own business mm. and take it from there and we just we literally like overnight ethereal bound journal was born mm. and we found there was a gap in the market um, mm. for social media content creation. Mm. There were photographers still charging exorbitant prices. Mm. Um, they weren't catering for something that was instant and online that mm. needed to obviously be more affordable. So we kind of developed new packages of photography and film mm. um, that was just for to be all just to be utilized on social media. Everyone is talking about like this year, it's a new year, new year, new me. People are changing their hairstyles, their fashion, you know, outlook on life, um, the way they express themselves. They just want to kind of flip the switch. And I kind of want to know how important it is in this journey to maybe looking at changing up things in your house. The way, the way you live is so important. How you curate your space yeah. is, is very important. It's an integral part to your, again, your general morale. Yeah. Your, your general morale. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, for me, it doesn't matter if I'm renting mm-hmm. a place. I will, I don't, I don't mind spending a bit of extra money and painting the walls yeah. a color that I'm going to like. Yes. And, you know, or investing in like my new thing now, especially I'm trying to, you know, invest in art. Mm. And um, that's been a very interesting process because, you know, finding the right type of art, whatever it is, I'm like, I, but I'm doing it to add another element of of visual stimulation to my space. Mm, mm. But you, with that being said, you don't have to be going and spending huge amounts of money. Yeah. You know, you can, you can be resourceful and look for inspiration on Pinterest and all kinds of things. And... You know, you'd be amazed at how you can use such simple things mm. to enhance your space. Okay. Like, I mean, for example, like, I, I mean, even looking around your space, <laughs> you have a lot of, like, plants and there's a lot of greenery yes. and there's a lot of, I guess, pointing towards, like, life, even in terms yes. of the choice of colors you have. There are a lot oh, of yeah. light colors and bright colors. Oh, for um, sure. And I was saying to you earlier, like, my space is quite dark. Yeah. And it worked for winter because winter's, you know, it's about the neutral and natural colors, but I'm actually starting to feel that it's a little bit weighty. Yeah. Um so color-wise, like what colors or what like elements or features can you have? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> because I also feel that it depends also on where you are and what chapter of your life you're at. Mm. So, I remember when I moved to town for the first time, I, I was renting this apartment and yeah. it was just beige. Everywhere was beige. Beige mm. carpets, beige walls, and I hated it. Mm. And I was like, I want the most extreme, <laughs> drastic change ever. <laughs> and, and I went to this Dulux, like, um, really dark charcoal yeah. color. And I painted every wall in the entire apartment, including the bathroom, dark charcoal. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I got these rugs and stuff to, like, add other elements of um, colors and stuff to, to the floor. Mm. And then I tried to keep, as well, my my furniture choices very minimal and yeah. whatever. But I still needed to bring life to that. So I had I had lots of plants and greenery mm. that were easily maintainable in your plants. And um, I had this... Uh, amazing it was actually a tablecloth from Babylon Storm that I had okay. I purchased and it had it was beautiful and had all these fruit and vegetables and flowers uh, like a photograph printed yeah. on this huge piece of raw linen like four meters long oh wow and I had that I decided I wanted that mounted I had this huge wall space it was mm-hmm. empty and dark charcoal grey mm-hmm. and I had this <laughs> I had this huge piece mounted onto the wall yeah 
and it brought so much vibrance and color and life into the space wow. and it changed everything mm. and that was for then like that that worked for me then and when i came up from new york i wanted quiet and mm. peace mm-hmm. so i moved out of my friend's place and i needed now to get my own place wherever it was and i looked yeah. around and it was so disheartening because it was just impossible to find something that i liked and <laughs> yeah and then eventually i found this place and I loved it because it was so open and mm. it was some, the ceilings were so high and there was so much light and space. It was just a, it was a very calm space. Mm. And I actually re- really liked the wall color already. It was like this, it's yeah. like this really, the lighter shade of, I like to call it duck egg blue. Mm. Um, and I've actually named, it's like so funny, my, like everything, the, I've like named the, my home duck egg blue. <laughs> and like even the Wi-Fi is called duck egg blue, duck egg blue. Two, 2G. Yeah. Um, it's hysterical. So everything's duck egg blue. Yeah. And, um, and I loved it so I, I tried again then to keep with like the minimal color palette so that I could bring mm. in texture and warmth with um, pots and plants and pumpkins which you've seen that I like yes. to style with or books or whatever it may be and the art and stuff and I could I could play with like with with incorporating all these interesting textures and and and, and different materials yeah. but keeping the, the general kind of color palette very neutral mm. so it's always open for change it's always open for um, development as I grow yeah. but I don't know maybe I'll move again in a year's time and I'll want something pretty different mm, so yeah. I like to change with as I grow yeah. and I like to um, yeah look at that as a stepping stone uh, for whatever I'm, I'm whatever I'm kind of um, drawn to okay okay in my process and, and if I'm not mistaken also with certain colors certain colors bring up certain moods or make you feel certain yes. ways yeah definitely um, what colors again coming into a new season and a new year you want to feel a little bit more uplifted and a yes. little bit more lighter and kind of a little bit more happier yeah what colors would you say yes. but if you're thinking of bringing in artwork or a bowl or something yeah. that will add character to your place yeah what colors should you be looking at well i think it's also quite nice to look at something like a feature wall mm. because sometimes someone wants to change something but they don't want to go like do something as drastic as painting every wall yeah so you can choose one wall in your home that is a feature wall mm. and um besides painting it a color you can also get really amazing wallpapers okay, okay. and people i don't know i feel like you can get so creative with that because you can nice. put a pattern you could be putting uh, a print maybe there's like a, an art piece that you love and you mm. have it made into a wallpaper okay. through some way and then have that put in your wall but otherwise as far as colors go if you're looking for a calm atmosphere i think like very light shades of of whites or um blues is mm. is really really calming and very a very neutral mm. um you know it starts to become a, more of a richer element if you're going to dark colors like charcoal or like mm. a darker blue or dark green it adds a very different atmosphere but i think um, I think a, a, at the moment I feel like sometimes a lighter space that's okay. more light colored walls and um, yeah kind of like a, your the the base is very light in color mm. um, I think that's a very easy way to then elevate it with something that um, is interesting like the art piece we were saying just mm. now so maybe there's an artist you really like and you work with them and commissioning something that's really mm. beautiful whatever it is um or you go to antique markets and you find something yeah. that's like oh i really love this piece and you put it up um 
it's definitely about looking at things that make you happy mm. and um, that make you feel a certain way. Because uh, I, I believe that, you know, it really does have an effect on you and your day. And you should, you should be putting effort into making the space you're living in yeah. um, something that you want to be in, mm. you know. Don't just think of it as a temporary investment just because you're renting a space. Yes. You're still waking up and going to bed in that place every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. why wouldn't you put effort into making it... Um, uh, elevating it and making it something a little more special. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about, because I know you spoke, spoke about art. Yes. Um, so even whether or not you're living with someone or living by yourself, is there an importance to having things match or in the same palette in terms of color, in terms of patterns, or can you really be all over the place? Well, I think it's quite difficult if you're living in someone else's space because I think, you know, if you're moving in someone who's, already has their home fully furnished everything mm. it's it's that kind of their space which is why i think it's very important you know that you would spend time making your room then your little sanctuary mm. and something that you're happy with mm. um it's very difficult to coexist like that if it's not like i think i mean listen okay it's even hard if you're a couple yeah. um to make that work but i think you've got to look at things and try find a balance that because there are actually so many options again mm. so there's always way around around it like you know, you there will be there will be things that you don't see eye to eye on, and there'll be other things that maybe you both love. Mm. But I think if you are sharing equally a space, there's definitely a way to make it work. Yeah. You, both, you have to find someone that's open to that, though. Mm. You know, if you are someone that's very close-minded, it's obviously not going to work, and it's mm. going to be kind of mismatched. Okay. Um, but if you can find someone that's willing to kind of you know find a balance and work with you on something then obviously that's a big game changer mm. but otherwise worst case I would have literally done exactly what you did I would have yeah. made my, my bedroom in my sanctuary yes. and <laughs> made that exactly the way that I want that to yeah, be yeah yeah that's beautiful what are your absolute do's for someone who's like I want to relook at my space I want to bring some character or I, I want to change it up subtly what are your essential do's so I think people also put pressure on themselves mm. um, to once you move into a space that you have to have everything done fully furnished all within like the space of like a few months yeah and I think again that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself mm. and your hope I think a home is something that's like a slow growth and a slow process yeah very I, I try as much as I can to incorporate a very slow living way of life mm. into what I do which is easier said than done yeah. because as you know it gets crazy especially this time of like time of year that you're in and everything just seems like it's going a million miles an hour yeah. and you have to purposefully stop yourself and mm. take a break and pause and make time to do things that are good for your mind and your mm. body and your soul mm. whether it's going to a yoga class or reading a book mm. uh, and I think that has a big um, comes into play with my space because I then take that same kind of way of thinking mm. into my home and I allow it to so I didn't have a couch for the first year that's fine yeah you know I would find the right kind of couch that suited the space and worked for me then when that would happen mm. I would build on it slowly and rather get items that were maybe of a better quality, mm. that were good investments than just buying everything to fill a space. Yes, yeah. And I think, and if I look even now to how the space has changed from when it was, and I moved in my, I haven't actually unpacked my apartment that I packed away before I moved to New York. Wow. So this is everything that I've now accumulated since being back. Mm. Um, so I literally moved into here with basically no furniture. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I was fine with that and I was going to do it slowly. Mm. And over the last few years, it's, it's, you know, the different elements have come into play and there's been a shelf added and the couch and mm. more chairs and mm. even behind me, cause I've told you that this is my home studio too. Mm. So I salvaged um, some old uh, metal shelf units that mm. were from uh, a factory and I took those and had someone fix them up for me and um, spray paint them white. Mm-hmm. And then I've now have like a whole wall of like all my props, you <laughs> yeah, know, so it yeah. was like I could start having, and that, that needed time to all happen. It didn't, yeah. it wasn't something that happened overnight. So I think taking away the pressure that your home has to be perfect mm-hmm. and it'll grow and develop as you grow. And I change things a lot. So, you know, I may have a few elements displayed in this way mm-hmm. on this mantelpiece, for the next few months yeah. and then it'll change and then I want the couch moved where this was and I want yes. that there and yeah. then this art piece is now going to go to this side of the wall and mm. it, it literally just changes according to my mood and I allow that to be mm. okay and for it to be a process mm. um, and I think that's a great way to tackle your living space yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect mm. it can change as much as you want it to change and yeah. grow as much as you want it to grow mm. and that's okay okay Hello. <laughs> Hi, boy. Um, and then what advice, I mean, from walking into other people's homes as well, yes. as I'm sure you've seen, what is what are some of the things you walk into people's spaces and you go, oh, no, 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 please don't do that, or you shouldn't do that, or you just want to give them that advice, but you don't, because yeah. it's not your home. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> um, listen, I, I, I don't think there's one right or wrong way. Mm. I don't think it's as black and white. I think every person has their own style and mm. things that they like and that they dislike. And so it changes. But I think often, um, just like some, some, some kind of more general advice I could give is yeah. try not to overclutter. Okay. Um, accumulating stuff is a very dangerous thing for your mind. Yeah. And I'm also guilty of it. Mm. Often I just... I keep things or I'm like I just get too much and then you you don't you don't realize how much of a toll that just takes on you mm. getting rid of stuff is the most liberating thing ever it's like yeah. purging for your soul yeah <laughs> no joke so I yeah. think that's an <laughs> yeah. so that's a really easy one yeah I think firstly get rid of stuff you don't use and you don't need mm. like declutter your space mm-hmm. make it a clean palette okay. and start just working with your bare essentials and can still have some decorative elements and things, mm. you know, whatever, but then find, you know, like I'll, I, like I need to go through the magazines and books that I have and okay. like, even if I'm not using them, I'm just get rid of it, you know, yes, like I have this yeah. rule, even with my wardrobe, um, if I'm buying stuff and putting stuff in, mm. I must take stuff out. Okay. So anything that I haven't worn for a year or I don't even remember that's in my cupboard, well, it, it has to go. Minimalist yeah. lifestyle basically. Which, as yeah. I said, easier said than done. <laughs> yes. It's a Especially challenge. for women. It's like, but I, but I may fit into that one day and yeah. I may need to use that vase or, it's so you hard. know. It's, it's hard. Really but that's a, that honestly is like, that's good for mind, body and soul and home. Like, <laughs> just get rid of all the stuff. Mm. People mm. like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the, I think especially stepping into a new year, the less you have. Yes. The less that you've brought into it as well. Yes, for um, sure. I, I've said to so many people, what are you what are you leaving behind and what are you taking into the new year? Yeah. Because it's as you're saying, when you declutter and you're like, I don't need this anymore, I'm sure that so many people have started off the new year with things in their homes yes. that 
probably have an attachment to someone else who they've left in, in you know, previous year or yeah. a part in their lives where they're like, this was significant. But if you don't let go of it, you can't really move forward. You're always exactly. stuck exactly. in that space. Exactly. Mm. And even when you say you're someone that moves a lot too, mm. you, you create a one space with a certain look and feel. Then you move into a new space and the stuff you have from the previous space doesn't really work anymore. Mm. So look at being resourceful with that and looking at selling it online or something so that you can put that money towards getting something else that could fit your place. Mm. You know, for for lower cost things that maybe weren't as big of an investment, they were just good for the time or they worked with what it was. So constantly allowing yourself to develop and change, not just being stuck with the same things you end up carrying Mm. in your back forever. looking back or looking at your 20s as a whole how would you have summarized your 20s i'm in my last year of my 20s right now okay which is i also think it's quite nice it's quite significant because it now feels like i'm stepping into the new realm Mm. and the new world that i've been pushing towards so long okay and i can look back and know that i have hustled mm-hmm. <laughs> and done my absolute best to try things even if they didn't work out for me mm. and may, put myself in uncomfortable positions okay and saying yes to things that made me afraid mm. like that was a great that was a great um way to to actually help me grow okay um because otherwise i didn't want to just stay safe and the minute i start feeling a bit too complacent or comfortable i know that i've got to change something up i've got mm. to challenge myself more People put so much pressure on themselves that they feel they have to have achieved all these things mm. within their 20s. So by mm. the time they're 30, they've crossed off this, 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 and this in their list. And I think yeah. that is just so unrealistic. Yeah. Every person is different. And I, I think it's such a downfall if you place um, age as one of your driving factors of what you're capable of. Mm. Um, and so Matana... As you've mentioned, you're in your final year, final lap of 20 of your 20s. Yes. Um, but looking back at your 20s, have you ever experienced the quarter life crisis? And if you have, what was your quarter life crisis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, I definitely think it's the pressure that we brought up with in society and our community that makes us feel that certain ages are for certain things. Mm. And I think also trying to go out on your own as a creative is always like this risk where everyone's like, oh no, go the academic group, go Mm. the safe route, go get a stable job. How are you going to make money? And I think fear again holds you back Mm. and that fear of failure. And I think the fear of failure is what is the driving force for most people to have a quarter life crisis Mm. Um, because the pressure is just too much. Yeah. And I've definitely experienced that in my life. I think the biggest turning point was actually New York um, because I'd gone through the breakup. I realized that I'd moved across the world to realize that I didn't actually want to be here anymore. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, It was like I had to close so many chapters of dreams and goals that I'd set in place for myself. Mm. And I had to start from scratch. Okay. And that was a very scary, daunting thing. But... It's also, again, goes back to the idea of acknowledging yeah. that this is happening to you mm. and what are you going to do about it yeah. and not suppress it because that feeling is never going to go away. Wow. I know plenty of people that are still unfulfilled and unhappy because mm. they've never actually taken the time to figure out why they feel the way they feel and what they can do about it to change that. Yeah, yeah. So, again, acknowledgement yeah. and then 
putting something into place to help you change or grow mm. or try something. Mm. You're also afraid of the, the fear of failure comes into play because you're so afraid to try something new in case it doesn't work out mm. because then everyone thinks that you failed at something mm. or everyone's like oh well they moved back from new york they exactly, didn't succeed kind of told you it wasn't going to work especially if it's someone who told you not to do something yes. that you feel like you're going to do anyway and they're exactly. like kind of told you so and that kind of inhibits you from wanting to do something again because what exactly. if it doesn't work out again exactly or the also the fear of disappointing people mm. like i remember going through the breakup you know, I was so afraid of like what my fat, like I was letting my family down, sure. you know, because I was the couple, myself and my ex were the couple that they idolized or that mm. they looked up to, whatever it may be. Like mm. it was all these fears holding me back mm. and I just had to accept them and take it and be like, yeah, this is it. And, and I'm fine with it. It is, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And, and sometimes when you actually acknowledge the fear or speak up against the fear, yeah. you find out that it's, it was all in your head in the first place. Yeah. That what you perceive other people's expectations of you are especially if they're not they haven't been verbalized by them that yeah. they're actually non-existent yeah or even better you find out how many other people have the same fear as you yeah you're not so alone and you don't feel like a crazy person mm, because you that's it you're like am i the, like you're afraid to say something because people will look down no one else is going through stuff mm. like this but in our society we're taught to hide our our feelings and our emotions Mm. i watched an interesting ted talk recently i can't remember she's really well known i can't remember her name but she does this whole talk on how the brene brown the power of vulnerability maybe it was like all about how we're in society we're taught that happy emotions are good Mm. and Anger or sadness are bad things, are bad yes, emotions. Yes, that, yes, that's I it? think that's the one, yeah. So that for me was was just also so powerful mm. because I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. Why is it, like, if you are sad, like, we have these emotions for a reason because we're supposed to have an outlet and feel those things. Mm. Obviously not irresponsibly, mm. but if you are sad and you just need to cry, you should just cry. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you are angry and I have this frustration I need to go and book myself in a boxing class and just get it out. You know? yes, yeah. Or maybe I just need to scream mm, for myself in my I car. Agree. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's that also interests me because I'm like, you're supposed to feel those things for a reason. Mm. And just because you're sad about something, it doesn't mean it's a failure. Sometimes it's about mourning something to let it go wow. so that you can have a new beginning wow. for something else. Sure, that is key. That's a beautiful <laughs> mind moment, as I like to call them, but that yeah. is beautiful. And I think going through that mourning process isn't yeah. supposed to hurt. I yeah. think that's the other thing is, as you're saying, those emotions that we kind of try and stay away from, it's supposed, you're supposed to feel like you're birthing something. Yeah. You're supposed to feel like a moth that's going to become a butterfly, but you have to push through that cocoon exactly. to get out of it and, you know become do I say a moth that becomes a butterfly I knew a caterpillar that's going to become a butterfly you're supposed to break through it and if you're pushing it means you're also chiseling out you're finding your strength but also being molded and chiseling off the things that are not needed in your next season exactly and I think having heartache in your life and going through hardships build character Mm. you know people 
don't want to go want to sail through life having this perfect world and this per- everything perfect and no you know all those things that you go through in your life and every person has their own baggage you mm. know don't ever doubt for one second that because someone is happy and light and whatever they haven't been through their own mm. their own struggle mm. every person has their own issues and their own hang-ups and whatever it is that makes them them. Mm. But those are the things that build character. You need... How are you ever fully going to live if you're not fully feeling? Mm. And you and if you're fully feeling and loving and, and, and embracing life to the fullest, heartache and pain are part of those things. Mm. So they shouldn't be seen as negative things. They should be seen as part of your growth process. Mm. Not just that, but suddenly it also becomes your your pain scale. Like, if I could go through that, and that was so painful. Gosh, well, this happened today, and I can handle this, you know? It's not up there. It's not this level of pain. So I can handle it. It suddenly also shows you how tough you are and how resilient you are, Mm. how you you can bounce back, and Mm. how much you can survive. Mm. Your mind is such a powerful thing, and it's an incredible to look back so for me the heartache and pain and struggles that I've been through in my 20s I can look back and go wow I really sure. I really tried my best I really lived my life and mm. I went through a lot of ups and downs and I had my quarter life crisis I had my heartache I had I tried new things I traveled to another country I did all yeah. of those things that have obviously made me who I am now mm. and I wouldn't be who I am now if I didn't go through those struggles mm. and the successes yeah it's just it, you know everything has to come into play to mold you and um and Ratana, lastly what advice and you've already given some incredible advice <laughs> on this episode i'm not gonna lie um but what advice would you have for the quintessential 20 something year old um who i guess who's just at a point in their lives that it's the beginning of the year what advice would you have for them to start off the year off on a good strong footing Ooh. I think firstly, take time to figure out what it is that you love and what makes you happy. Whether that's working with people, or maybe it's photography or a hobby or nature, whatever it may be, start acknowledging things that, acknowledging the things that make you happy Mm. and start thinking about purposeful ways to bring those elements of the things that make you happy into your life Mm. so that you're purposeful about what you're choosing to bring in and what you're choosing to let go of so you know if being in nature makes you happy join a hiking club Mm -hmm. whatever it may be or some sort of also like little challenges can also be quite rewarding um I just wanted something different and I was exercising and I get I often get very bored and I wanted something else to challenge myself and I joined a boot camp just for a month. Mm. It wasn't like, you know, something I was training for a marathon for four months or something. It was like just <laughs> a month long yeah. boot camp. Yeah. And at the end of it I felt really proud that I got mm. through this really intense boot camp mm. that really like kicked my button mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was really hard and there was like times it was in winter when I really didn't feel like going yeah at like six in the afternoon it was like dark already and cold and I think the last thing I felt like doing but I went anyways you yeah know? like little things and I felt so good afterwards mm. so little things like that that are just gonna so maybe that was a personal thing and then mm. something that was a more professional thing you know maybe it's like I would love to work with this brand, you know? So I took time and I thought, okay, 
how can I reach out? What can I do to get this brand's attention? You know, mm-hmm. what can I do that I can make it an incentive for them to want to work with me? Okay. You know? So sometimes I'm very purposeful in the way that I tackle a client that I want. Okay. I won't just leave it up to chance. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in luck. I believe you make your own luck. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Maybe I'm going to put together a really amazing pitch or I'm going to yeah. put together a really amazing photo shoot. I'm going to incorporate their product and show mm-hmm. them what I could do with their mm-hmm. product. And then I'll tag it and tag them, you know, put it on social media, tag them, uh, start getting their attention, yeah. start liking those photos, I start building a bit of a momentum. Yeah. And then once I've like gotten their attention and um, I've shown a little bit of what I'm capable of, then I can feel confident going towards them and saying, listen, you know, I'd love to collaborate in some way or work mm. together. I love your brand, I love your product, whatever it may be. Um, can we meet up and chat about it or do something? Mm. So I think there's many avenues where you can... You, you can actually have what you want in your life. You mm-hmm. just need to be open to allowing that to come in mm-hmm. and making the effort to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Matana, Matana, Matana. Oh my goodness. I had no idea that you were such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. I literally had my pen and paper out and I was writing as I was editing this episode of the podcast because I was like, that is wow, that is deep. That is what? Oh my goodness, yes. And one of the moments that stood out the most for me was when you spoke about the pain scale. And it's one of those like mind moment things. It's like you go through things. There's pain and pressure and all of these things that happen. But it's like, if you survived that, what else can you survive? Your threshold for pain increases. And it's like, oh my mind moment. So, Matana, thank you so much for coming on to today's show. Thank you so much for being on today's episode of In My Twenties. So, um, guys, for everyone else listening out there, please subscribe, pod subscribe. We are on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Share this with your friends and your family and your boss and your boss's kids and whoever's in your circles. Um, your bays, your future bays, your almost bays, the bays don't know you exist yet. Totally kidding. That's weird and awkward for everyone right now. Um, but I'm so excited. We look forward to seeing you same time, same place, right here on In My Twenties. In my twenties, in my twenties, I'm in my twenties now. In my twenties, in my twenties, I'm don't forget that I'm in my twenties.